Hey everyone, welcome into uh, a special edition of the Woj Pod. I'm here with Dave Yeager. He's an assistant coach with the Philadelphia 76ers, of course. Former head coach in the league with both the Memphis Grizzlies, who he led to the playoffs uh, multiple times, and the Sacramento Kings, who quite honestly nobody has led to the playoffs in a very, very long time. Nobody's holding that against Dave, but Dave is obviously an assistant with the Sixers. And, and Dave, let's just cut right to it. We are taping this ahead of Saturday night. And Saturday night, you play the Pacers. And after the game, you plan to share some news with your players on the Sixers in Indiana. What are you going to share with them, Dave? Well, you know, in the locker room afterwards, uh, you know, everybody's gathered, our whole uh, coaching staff, strength and conditioning therapy and the players so it's a good opportunity to at one time for everybody to hear uh, the same message and and that is that uh, you know I have cancer uh, of the head and neck Uh, I will have been uh, on Saturday I will have been two weeks into my treatment of radiation and chemotherapy and that you know you want people to hear it and that's what I will tell them that you want them to hear it uh, directly uh, from me before they hear it from someplace else and and the reason of the timing is is that at that point uh, I'm going to have to step away from the team uh, because I can't go on the road and do uh, uh, radiation and chemotherapy in, in different cities around the country. Uh, so to continue my treatment, I need to step away from the team, and and that way you know everybody hears it from from one place. And also to reassure people, I mean people have a lot of experiences, uh, and you don't know what those are in each of their individual families and their lives uh, of dealing with cancer. Uh, we have caught it early. I'm very lucky. Uh, I've got, you know, an over a 90% chance of, of cure rate, uh, but it's uh, it's very scary and it's it's not enjoyable going through, uh, but just to, to communicate that uh, to our team and, uh, and, and now with you. Dave, can you walk us through the diagnosis? What led you? Did you go to the doctors because something didn't feel right or was it in the, or did you learn of it in the process of, of another interaction with, with your doctor? Yeah, a good question, and, and this is kind of why we want to talk about this stuff openly uh, for people to understand and maybe be able to relate and, and, and maybe motivate people. Uh, you know, about a year, a uh, year and three months ago, uh, you know, I, I called uh, one of my doctors and I said, you know, I feel something on my throat, uh, and it it's a it's a lump, and and I'm right now I'm pointing to my to my uh, my lymph node, and it and so immediately which. A lot of people, this is what I would encourage people to do. Like you, you've got to like try to take action and, and uh, we can talk about it. But so we immediately got a, a scan on it. And in fact, you know, I was so paranoid about it. Like we'll stick a needle in there and find out what what's going on. Well, I don't know. Well, okay, well, we got it done. Uh, and, and it came back negative and that was really good. Um, so what is it? Well, it's just, you know, it's just irritated or what that and this. And then so about four or five weeks ago, I, I, called my doctor again and I said, you know, this thing isn't getting smaller. It appears to me it is not getting smaller. Of course, I stare at my face every day in the morning when I shave and I'm very sensitive to, I know what it's there, but it doesn't feel smaller. Let's do another scan. We did the scan and, you know, it's one of those days that you'll you'll remember for the rest of your life. I was sitting in, uh, we were in Toronto and, and he texted me and he says, we need to talk and let's just get it done right now. Um, and here's what here's what I think you've got, and that my doctor's in Memphis uh, from when I lived there and with the Memphis Grizzlies, and um, we immediately transferred then to a, a great hospital here uh, at Jefferson and got an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and then started right down uh, 
with evaluating everything and, and then going into what, what we're into right now. You mentioned, Dave, over a 90%, essentially a 90, over a 90% chance that you can beat this and, and get past it. What have you learned and can share about the diagnosis, what you're up against, and what's ahead of you right now? Well, uh, certainly I have a tremendous workplace uh, support system. Um, so like, you know, as of right now, nobody knows, right? But after, after Saturday, people are like, why didn't you tell me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but Doc Rivers has just been, I have so much respect for this man. Um, I just, I think he's a terrific coach and a terrific human being and has been very supportive of, let's do what you got to do. Uh, the front office, Daryl Morway, uh, Elton Brand, and then our ownership, uh, Josh Harris. And they've just been very supportive. Whatever you need, time away. You know, I, I missed a game last week uh, on the road because of, of having to do my radiation and, and nobody knew about that. And, and they just supported that. So I, you know, I appreciate that very much with terrific doctors uh, at Jefferson. So what you have is you have a, you have a, a chemotherapy doctor, you have a, and I get that once a week, we have a radiation uh, doctor specific. So I get radiation Monday through Friday. That takes about 15 minutes. The, uh, uh, the other takes uh, about four hours, uh, once a week. And so, um, that, that's difficult, but it, it gets worse, I guess. Uh, the first two weeks is what I can take. And that's why I've stayed at work, uh, and, and do what I can. And now it's time for me to, to step away. And so, uh, I've learned a lot though, you know, sitting in there and talking to the nurses, uh, that are working with you and they, this is the stories for men and women, but, uh, especially as men, you know, we, we do, we, we shave every day and, and guys who, you know, have a, a skin tag or something on their neck and ah, I don't want to know. And they, you know, and they go check and doc doesn't really do anything. And then, you know, a year later, two years later, they say, no, I, I'd really like to get this checked out. And they do a biopsy and the guy's got, he's got throat cancer. Uh, it, this happens. You you meet with your dentist and the dentist says, you've got, you've got sores in your mouth and, and we don't really take it that serious as men and go get it checked out. You know, these kinds of things happen or you got a sore throat, you can't swallow and you take antibiotics and it doesn't, it doesn't really get any better. And then, you know, like, ah, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. You know what? It is a big deal. And then when you go back and find out now you're, you're a little further down the line in which stage you're at. And so I'm very fortunate in that regard because I did push, uh, I'm in stage one. So we've taught it very early and, and the early detection and testing, uh, is really critical in, in, you know, this is one kind of cancer. There's lots of lots of kinds of cancer, uh, and certainly, as you and I've talked uh, off of the show, uh, the impact of cancer is, is is it's it's crazy in our world. It is getting better. We're not where we all hope that it'll be, uh, but we are improving. Dave, coming to work since the diagnosis, getting treatment, and still working as a coach, you need your voice, your throat. It's it's an important part of how you do your job communicating. What's that been like? Well, first of all, the, the court and the, and the and the coaches' meetings are a little bit of refuge from dealing with, you know, going in and, and having, uh, you know, radiation and, and chemotherapy. Uh, so that that's kind of been enjoyable, actually, to get your mind off of that for a little bit. So I'm fortunate in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's contributing factors, uh, I think, as coaches. But we're all human beings. I, I drink four cups of coffee before 9 a.m. every day. You know what I mean? I, I scream for a living. I have acid reflux. So these kinds of things, kinds of things uh, don't help you uh, in this situation. But it's it's just part of being human and and charging on. Like I said, we have we have a great group here, um, and, and Coach Doc is 
given me opportunities to be out on the court and, and teach. I've been in situations where other coaches, you know, head coaches, and sometimes I've done this as a head coach too, where it's just their voice and that's it. But uh, he gives all of us an opportunity to coach and, and stay in our lane and uh, and build it out as, as we like to build it underneath what he's looking for. So that part has been enjoyable. It is a little bit of a struggle. Uh, the first two weeks of radiation are not terrible. Radiation woge is, is an additive effect. And so what will happen, I have seven weeks total of treatment. At the end of the seven weeks, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a couple extra, you know, hopefully not. But it, it's just it keeps compounding onto itself. So the first two weeks aren't terrible. You can hear me now. I don't sound great. It's only going to get worse uh, as far as your ability to swallow, as far as your ability to speak, as far as your ability to, to keep food down. So, um, you know, that's why we're we're doing it at the timing that we're doing it. But it's been enjoyable coming to work. But, you know, at times uh, it can be a little strenuous. Dave, what's it like? I know you shared it with, and you mentioned some of the people who have been aware of it, what you've been going through, your head coach, Doc Rivers, the front office ownership. What's it like being around you know, the other assistant coaches, staff, people who don't know what you're going through? And uh, I don't know, just that sense day in and day out, is, is, it, is it an awkward feeling you want to tell them, but it's not? the right time yet to tell them obviously you're you're by the time people hear the podcast you'll have told them but what's that been like the last few weeks going to radiation but not telling not being able to tell most of the people you're around what you're dealing with yeah this is this is definitely uh you know uh, we have high camaraderie in here uh we've got a you know super bunch of of people um you know some people you knew before you come to a new place and have a relationship with them and sometimes you only know of them and you get to know them and we've certainly over the last year and a half become pretty close. And uh, I certainly have wanted to to share this struggle as well. Uh, but there's a lot of things you're trying to get in order uh, as far as what goes out publicly. And you also, you know, I have a family and I, and I want them to hear it from me first. And I want, I, you know, I'm away from my daughters, you know what I mean? And I try to find a way that how can I tell them in person and it hasn't worked out. So that was not an enjoyable phone conversation. Um, and so you, you, those, there's a lot of different factors that come into why you do it the way you do it because, you know, people might say, well, yeah, you should have told us. But at the same time, uh, it'll all be at the same time. And uh, there's nothing but love and everybody does. They have their own experiences. And I'm, I'm interested to hear what other people have gone through, uh, you know, going forward. Dave, the coaching profession has had pretty significant history. The coaches versus cancer, it's been a cause that at all levels of basketball from the NBA, college, high school really that it has been um something that i think most coaches at almost any level have you know either significantly participated with or been around it and different fundraisers do you imagine for you the the chance to maybe use your coaching in the nba and and people you know you've been a head coach and you have a platform do you imagine as part of your struggle and what you're going through, that there's a chance to impact more people. And you talked about prevention, getting out ahead of it, going to your doctor when you sense something's not right. And obviously all the checkups that men our age, you're younger than me, Dave, uh, <laughs> even though you've coached in two defunct, three defunct three, basketball leagues, three. right? We, right. The USBL, the yep. uh, IBL, International Basketball League, which turned, and then, of course, the Continental Basketball Association. So three leagues at 47, that might be a record. You're not, you're not 67. <laughs> um, but the chance to do that now, Dave, for you. 
Well, I think, you know, at some level, everybody's been impacted by cancer, you know, and whether it be, you know, as, as a coach, and, and I think perhaps we're following down the line of, of the vein too much of it being a, this being a guy issue. We were on a sports show and this, that, and the other. No, like you talk about, well, the women uh, in our lives uh, and the cancers that they deal with. And so that does, maybe the guy standing there on the sidelines hasn't had to experience cancer in his own life, but his his wife or his mother or those kinds of things as well. So the the circles of cancer is going to touch you at some level. And so with this, you know, I know Dick Vitale, friend of mine, going through cancer treatment right now, uh, and that's that's not easy. Uh, and the people that you know we, we know that we've lost, Trevor Moaz, a friend of mine, uh, a speaker. Uh, and to see him die at age 47. And and that's why we are talking about this, because this is not something that you think will ever happen to you. And it's happened to me. And I'm telling you, if it's going to happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And so, you know, we want that's why we want to get out and, and, and say and get information out and, and uh, use the platform as, as we're able to to share, to motivate uh, and to support people in, in what they're going through. Dave, do you have an expectation of how long you might be away from the team and Mm-hmm. Uh, an optimism that you'll be able to return and coach again this season. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and that's what we'll, I will tell the team here on Saturday. Um, but it's similar to how we report injuries with players. We kind of don't put a return date just because then, you know, you kind of <laughs> get held to it. Right. Uh, we, we'll do the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I have a, a goal in mind uh, that I hope uh, I can feel well enough to come back. Uh, my doctors feel that there's a complete expectation of living a long life and coaching again, and coaching again this season. So uh, when that is, or it gets closer, or we can do a second hit and talk about, you know, how this thing is going uh, and what people need to know uh, further from here. But uh, I will definitely uh, hoping to be back this year and, and sooner rather than later. Dave, I, I bet this has been a lot of fun to coach. You've had a group where you've been missing people, increasingly missing players in your lineup, key players, and you've kept winning, and when you haven't won, you've been super competitive. Um, my sense would be that this has been, in a lot of ways, like something you kind of love as a coach because you've really got a group to, to buy in, and whoever's been on the court has allowed you to to probably win some nights. You probably maybe were even a little surprised you won. Absolutely, well, it's uh, yeah, and, and you never want to be. Uh, like you're surprised because you feel like, oh, you don't want your guys feeling like we're lesser talent. No, we, we go out every night and, and compete. And uh, it's been really fun and gratifying to watch this group come together because, you know, it, it, you've talked about different different teams and the journeys of different teams. You you have a, a team that is constructed as we are uh, with the, the max contracts that we have. You, it's not like it, when you have it that way that you then have, you know, eight or nine mid-level players, right? It, it, there's there's a, there's the the middle class in this is is not a ton of dudes and so what we have is uh is, is uh, shake milton tyrese maxi matisse Tybal, and to see these guys and grow in their games uh is just completely gratifying as a coach and and i'll say it's no different than being a teacher in a classroom and watching people get the concepts that you're trying to teach uh and and this is a team setting george niang has been terrific what a great get for us on andre drummond that's a great get for us uh, and the camaraderie and guys playing together and pulling for each other, uh, you know, there was a tough stretch there. You know, we were playing uh, five games in seven nights. Um, then it was six and nine, and it, and it just didn't stop while you're having some of these issues with the with the COVID. And uh, really, really proud of our guys and just really impressed with Doc. I've enjoyed 
this year without, you know, last year was our first year working together. We knew each other and you kind of feel it out. And I kind of, you know, watched and I contributed as much as I certainly could. Um, and even this year, he's even better than he was last year. He has the, the attention of the team. He's pushing all the right buttons. Uh, it's really been fun to watch him as well. And, and for him to get his thousandth win uh, last week, that's that's big time. I'm really, really, really happy for him. Last thing, Dave, and speaking of Doc Rivers, it's really it's always been kind of one of my favorite moments on the pod. I had Doc Rivers and Eric Spolstra a couple years ago on my pod together, just two championship coaches and just talking about the profession and the league. And I asked them a question. Uh, I'm going to play it for you here. I think you've heard it, but but I'd like to hear your reaction to this um, to this exchange I had Eric Spolstra and and Doc Rivers. I always like to talk to coaches about who they think the toughest guys are to prepare for, and it's not who you guys think are the best coaches, are not who the public would necessarily always think. Sometimes, you know, you know guys who don't get, who maybe haven't been blessed with great rosters, but you always feel like, man, they're going to challenge you in every way. Like, who's a guy or two that when you guys think the public doesn't talk about them, they maybe they haven't won championships, but you say, man, that, that guy's tough to prepare for. I don't think there's any off nights. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I, I, there's only 30. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's only 30 and, and, you know, I don't, uh, Dave Yeager, I, I, for some you reason, like when we that played was, against him as a game coach, he's name. a damn yeah, good, as a game coach, he keeps you on your toes and, and you can't prepare for a lot of the things. That, that, that is hilarious. <laughs> I was going to say Dave Yeager. It, it's funny, uh, the first time in Memphis, we're about to play Memphis, and I don't know who my assistant. And I'm terrible with names at times, <laughs> and so uh, Dave comes over and says, "Hey, introduce himself." And I go back to Mitch. Well, what's that guy's name? I'm, I'm I'm asking my coaches, like, "What's that guy's name?" I can't remember his name. Uh, but every night, every time we played him, you know, it's funny. We swept Sacramento last year, and you don't, you didn't, no one wanted to play Sacramento last year. He runs great stuff. Yeah, uh, he really does. Quirky. Uh, which makes them even better in in some ways. It's not bad stuff, huh? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that, that's quite a blessing by by those guys to say something uh, that nice. And, and but hey, when that came out, you know, I was I was uh, sitting out that year uh, after leaving Sacramento, so that really you know touched my heart and and, and warmed me. But uh, it's it's really cool because you know I have a lot of respect for those guys. Uh, they respect, uh, I think, the science and understand there's an art to blending that. That is what both of those two guys are really, really good at. And uh, and that's, you know, the guys that I've come up admiring, uh, you know, Popovich and Rick Carlisle and Flip Saunders and, and, and George Carl, uh, they got that part of it, that it is an art, and it, but it's not just your gut. It's it's blending the science and the art. And both Doc and Eric have that. And, uh, and that was very, very cool. You've had it for a very long time in this profession, Dave. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to come in, share what you're going through right now. I know it's going to help folks out there. It is not an easy thing to talk about. And they wish you the very best. I know you'll be back this season. I know you're going to be healthy again. And um, and and I think certainly a lot of people in the NBA community and beyond are, are going to be thinking about you, praying for you, and knowing uh, you're going to come out on top against this. Thanks, Woj, man. I, I appreciate it, and uh, you know you're you're the you're the best. And so for us to be able to talk about this, it's it's not comfortable, uh, it's not enjoyable. But if we can help some people or motivate some people, 
um, you know, this is this is fantastic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.